Bible studies show. Whoa! What up is Ruth? And she fell on her face. Oh no! <laughs> okay, so she and Ruth are kicking it in Bethlehem to come unto a people. Oh my which god! Without the Lord. So she's like, "Don't text him. Wash thyself, therefore." And anoint thee. I'm surprised. Because it's weird. Good thing I have the whole Bible memorized. Lily is is a big big game hunter now. I'm a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I murdered. You murdered. You went murdering after him. Forest murder. <laughs> 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 you literally went murdering after him. I did. I did. Um, well, then you said, I "Here I am." I've been really loving murder. Um, it turns out I'm really good at it. <laughs> so yeah, Lily killed a deer. To be clear. <laughs> This is not suddenly a true crime podcast about one of the hosts. <laughs> All right, so backing up, backing up, hold on. Let Back me. it up. As my dad was fading away, I started to fade into the son he never had. Eric. Eric. And um, a large portion of that is hunting. Mm. So, um, I happened to have a very successful hunt, the last hunt I had, and I shot a deer. I committed deer murder. Yeah. Woodland murder. Yeah. And, um. Take that, Snow White. And I really wish, I really wish I could talk to him about it. Yeah. He would be very proud. Shut up. <laughs> Show your mouth. <laughs> I know he would. Yeah. And it breaks me. Yeah. I was totally hoping to do one of our average episodes and, um,. I'm still trying to process this deer. Like, physically. Like, I'm physically... <laughs> <laughs> I would say and emotionally. <laughs> I would say maybe both is like fair. The, the the more inconvenient pro- is the physical process. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'm still trying to process the deer, but also I am trying <laughs> <laughs> and so I couldn't do an episode this week. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry I provided for my family. Jesus <laughs> I'm sorry I made my late father proud. Okay. <laughs> no, I think it's very cool what you did, Lily. I I like to think that if I needed to, I could kill something to eat it. However, I have not done that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm still buying my dinner 
wrapped in plastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it's very cool that you did that. And the thing is, because I was actually talking about it with my aunt, because my uncle used to hunt, but he was sort of a hesitant hunter. Like he had siblings. He is still alive. His siblings are not, is what I mean. <laughs> and like his siblings would like go like big game safari hunting for trophies. And like, you know, they were like into hunting like that. And he just never was. And so I think in our family, it's always been about like respecting it as a, yeah. as a means of living or as a means of like helping keep things in balance in nature. And so when I was telling her, I was like, you know, I, I feel like usually I wouldn't be so like, woo, dead deer. But like, <laughs> I no. know that Lily is the exact kind of person that I want to be hunting because I know she's going to make use of everything gonna, she can. She's going to cry <laughs> about it and then she's going to do what she can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is um, also very fitting for our episode today. Oh, perfect. Mm. <laughs> do we do an intro for Minisode? Hello, and welcome to Bibleish, the podcast where we do something. <laughs> I'm someone, and you're someone else. <laughs> how bible stories probably <laughs> i'm lily <laughs> i'm angela and neither of us are here <laughs> leave a message thanks <laughs> <laughs> it's a mini episode mini, mini episode. episode mini episode <laughs> Many episodes are when we turn the tables and Angela tells me a story that yeah. is Bible adjacent. Adjacent for sure. Uh, because sometimes it's very Bible-y and other times it's like, mm, whatever I want, okay? <laughs> oh, Lillian. Well, one thing I know about Lily is that her two favorite holidays are Valentine's Day and Halloween. Um, <laughs> love Halloween. And we will be sharing this episode out on one very day before Halloween. <laughs> on All Hallows Eve? No, Halloween is All Hallows Eve, right? Because yes. then November yeah, 1st yeah. is All Saints Day. You know what? Yeah, All Hallows Eve. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because did you know a hollow is like a spirit, a.k.a. saint? A.k.a. what? Saint. Oh. hmm I did not know that is what a hollow was. Yeah, that's why it's like All Hallows Eve is the Eve before All Hallows Day, which is All Saints Day. Mm. I learned that in my researches that led me to where we are going. <laughs> I think... Have we talked, forgive me, first of all, for even having to ask, but we've talked about Saween in this show. We have. But maybe not for Halloween. Have we talked about it in other contexts, I feel? How do you mean? Well, because we've talked about pagan stuff a lot. 
And for anyone who doesn't know, Sawin, which looks like it would be spelled Samhain, in case you're confused by that. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it looks different from how it sounds. Um, is the pagan holiday that aligns with Halloween. I just can't recall when we talked about it and how much we talked about it. We talked about it being a ancient Celtic holiday. It was like their New Year's. We talked about jack-o'-lanterns and their origins yeah. as well as... Um, trick-or-treating and it's oh yeah and the parade and yeah. its origin c c c c c so we have that <laughs> but what we don't have is another angle of the holiday um which to be honest as i was doing some of this research i was frustrated by like not having one clear story. Uh, so I made my own. And so this is going to be oh. a quite fictionalized. It's actually similar to, I feel like what you did in one of our most recent episodes where it's, there are many elements of this, which are true to the core characters and their names are their real names in pagan mythology and in Celtic mythology. Uh, however, I had to put them somewhere all together. <laughs> so, so that part is fiction. All right. So today, I would like to tell you, of course, about a name that's hard to pronounce. Krom Kruach, the dark god of the burial mound. What? Often associated with Sawin. Crom crom? Crom crom! Oh, Lily. It is a story that cannot begin once upon a time because the story is still going. What? And it cannot be set in a land far away because it is happening right under our feet. <gasps> Prom cromming? Very spooky, Lily. So spooky. <laughs> Ethna is our first character. I love this so far. <laughs> Ethna was sitting in her yard, fiddling with a bundle of flax as she took a break from her chores. It was just about dry enough to start separating out the seeds from the straw after a few weeks of unbearably hot weather. It had been so hot that even the lizards hid underground from midday to sundown. Ethna didn't mind it, though. She felt safest here amongst the common people. It was far preferable to living at home, where her cruel and merciless father had locked her away in a tower for so many years. It was a cold and lonely existence until she met a suitor who snuck into her tower night after night just to see her. <gasps> I know, sexy. <laughs> when he asked her to marry her, nope. when he asked her to marry him, <laughs> she agreed without hesitation. She hoped his presence would finally dissuade her father from trying to control her. But when the couple joyfully announced their first pregnancy, the birth of triplets 
Her father ordered them all to be killed. <gasps> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. So she didn't even get married yet? And she um, had triplets? Or she got married they got married. and had triplets and yeah. killed them all? Well, that's what he said he wanted to do. So he okay. sent someone to do his bidding. And sadly, two of her three children did fall victim to her father's evil eye that day. Mm. Okie dokie. But the one who survived seemed to harness the power of all three. <gasps> he would become a warrior, a savior, a craftsman, and an artist. He was a master of all trades, and anyone who saw him would agree. His eyes gleamed like the summer sun. Nice. Ethna named him Lou, which meant oath, and she indeed offered him to the world as a promise of luck, abundance, and strength. Does he sound familiar? Lou. Yeah. As in Lunasa. Our late autumn episode that we did. What? Yeah. Awesome. If anyone has not heard that episode, we did an episode about Lunasa, which is the pagan late summer harvest uh, celebration. And it is actually in his honor. His name is Lou, L-U-G-H. And Lunasa looks like it's spelled lasagna. Uh. <laughs> And that's how you can recognize it. Yes. <laughs> As the sun beat down on Ethna's shoulders, she smiled. Two of the neighbor children played just outside her gate. She loved to hear their voices floating down the walkway. A breeze brushed over her, which should have been a small relief. But what had just been the hazy, sweet, mineral smell of summer suddenly seemed overripe. She recognized it immediately. In the next field over, the crops had already been cut down. The earth was wet with yesterday's well-timed rain, and the moisture steamed out of the soil like a hot breath. There, in the far corner of the field, just at the edge of the woods, a finger burst forth out of the ground. <laughs> It was quickly followed by another, and then one more. Strong and decisive. <laughs> Lily's finger popping noise. <laughs> Strong and decisive, a palm exposed itself to the daylight and wrapped around the exposed root of the nearest tree. The tree began to tremble, every leaf shivering in a chorus of fear. The hand, gripping, became a forearm and an elbow. A mound of dirt rose before exhaling his head. Stepping fully into the day, Kram Kruach emerged. Kram Kram. Who this? <laughs> That's what everyone said. Kram looked down and dusted himself off as a gesture or a force of habit. His clothes were damp and covered in dirt, but they were not tattered. His black eyes scanned the empty fields until they landed on Ethna's property. As he slowly walked away, the trees behind him stopped shaking. They seemed relieved, although not unscathed. The root where he first made contact had petrified. 
As his heavy steps shook the ground, it crumbled into dust. Despite having spent her last few weeks preparing, Ethna did not feel ready. She closed her eyes and took in several deep breaths, as if she would be able to smell the sun itself. Lou was inside, working away at something, no doubt. He would be fine, but it hurt her to think that they could ever be apart. Ethna felt the ground rumbling under her feet. With each quake, more seeds fell from the bundle of flax she held and scattered on the ground. Though her legs had started shaking, she got up and gently placed it under the cover with the rest of the harvest. Her neighbor would be coming around for it tomorrow. By the time she had turned around, there he was. Darkness oozed from him and crept up her spine. Ethna looked up into his pitch-dark eyes. Krom Kruach nodded silently. A worm fell from his beard onto the ground, squirming uh-huh. in the soil quickly. <laughs> Please refer to your first script, which is actually the second thing that I sent you. You have been cast as Ethna. <laughs> It's very small, but I am excited because you are an actress. I'm an actress. I just... Crom furrowed his brow. He could taste her fear. I just have to... Just have to what? Ethan swallowed. She steeled her resolve. I'm going to see my son one more time. Crom looked skeptical, recalling the time she tried to run away. It took days to catch her. But he knew that she knew better by now. After all, her flight had caused that year's famine, which wiped out half of her beloved town. Crom shook his head in approval as Ethna proudly walked away. He waited for her, plucking a beetle out of his shirt pocket and squishing it under his big toe. Ethna stepped inside her home and lingered in the doorway, surveying the scene. The thick earthen walls felt warm to the touch after months of relentless heat. Soon, they would begin to lose their warmth. She ran through her mental checklist. Her tools had been stowed away, wrapped in cloth and placed up high. Her linen bedcloth stripped and washed and dried in the sweet summer air, then folded in the trunk at the foot of her bed. Around the corner, her store of dry firewood for those early spring nights. She was ready. She found Lou in his workroom and smiled as she quietly watched him. He was bent over the table, carefully polishing the wooden handle of his favorite bow. Well, one of 15 or 20 that he called his favorite. He could never pick just one. This is your second (laughs) miniature script. Oh, Lou felt his mother's presence and breathed in deeply, exhaling as he turned to look at her. It never gets easier. She smiled bittersweetly. I know, Mom. I'd say I wish you could come with me, but... They both laughed solemnly. I'll miss you dearly. The two hugged as Ethna retraced her steps back out the door and around to meet Krom. I'm ready, she said, facing him. Krom bent down, loose dirt shaking from his shoulders. 
Ethna climbed upon his back, and his giant arms bent to hold her in place. As he made his way through the town, she knew no one else could see them, but she could see everyone else more than ever, in a manner exclusive to the Dark King of Death himself. There was her lovely neighbor, a young mother of three. Ethna could see the youngest was marked with a deadly flu. He would not be here in the spring when she returned. Around the bend, the elderly seamstress who helped Ethna mend gardening clothes for her last summer. She would not be here either. At every turn, Ethna registered the names and the faces of those she would not see again. She wished she could say goodbye to them, but they weren't meant to know, only to make room for those who could carry on without them. Ethna knew, more than anything, that their passing would be an essential part of the journey through winter. There was only enough grain and harvest for everyone else to survive. Crom's heavy breathing marked each step. He hated these trips above ground, almost as much as he hated being bothered with mortal requests. As they neared their destination, he did not turn Mac to look at anyone or anything. He knew he would see all of them again, eventually. And there, just before the tree line, the two descended into the dampened soil, sealing the winter's fate. That's the most Eastern European telling ever. (laughs) Uh, That's a story about death. Yeah. Thanks, Baba Yaga, (laughs) for your contribution. I was inspired to turn this into a story, A, because I just felt like it it needed one, and B... Because I was thinking about your first blood, dear, (laughs) and how it is a part of life. So the interesting thing is, so Lou, we already met in a past episode, Lunasa, harvest, end of summer, early fall. It's like fun, you know, whatever. It's like, he's like fun, right? He's like, everyone knows him as like charming. He has like a million talents and interests. Ethna is like, she's, she had, she had it hard. Um, and in the real, ta- like in the real story, she's not reunited with him. Um, so in the real story, her father takes the triplets, tries to kill them. Lou somehow like slips out. And then it's kind of like a, like a Moses moment where like someone finds him. And is like, oh, look, a baby (laughs) has like, um, and I think I mentioned this in the, in the other episode, he's really attached to his adoptive mother um, in like the real mythology, Mm -hmm. but I wanted them to be together. So they were in my version. (laughs) And and he's also like associated with the sun God so he has yeah. to he has to stick around. He's got to be there all year long. But yes. Ethna is associated with seeds and sowing crops. And so in the mythology of uh, Krom Kruach, much like Persephone, he carries her up every spring 
from the underworld and brings her back down in the fall. Um, so he is both a harbinger of death for like humans and mortals, but also associated with this idea of like winter and this very like full circle kind of death of like the necessary death that comes with life. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Which I really appreciate because, you know, I have not been able to avoid death in my 33 years of life. And so, uh, yeah, you've been really bad at it. I've been (laughs) (laughs) kind of been around it for a while, but I think that like, if there's any optimistic take on it is also that it's like, you can't avoid it. And I think avoiding, avoiding death in the many ways that it affects us from food to like people to ideas and experiences and eras of our life. They all go through deaths in some different ways. Um, I feel like trying to avoid it is like honestly worse (laughs) than just facing it at a certain point. Uh, Or it's not worse, but it's just not going to work. You know, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But so the other interesting thing I thought about Krom is that he is associated with like people think of him as maybe looking like a snake in the mythology. St. Patrick defeated him and he was involved in many battles around Sawin. Oh, Saint so, Patrick, who who dispelled all the all the snakes from Ireland? Yeah, that's this guy. That's this guy because they were oh, like, "Good for him, then." Well, but this is the thing, Lily. This is the snake, though. This is the <laughs> one because it's about Saint Patrick as a representative driving these pagan beliefs and mythologies out, and yeah. Crom. The thing that I like about him, the part where I'm bringing it home. Yeah. The thing is that like the sentimental angle, he hates being bothered by people. Like the fact that people would at all like worship him is backwards already because like he in the mythology is like, don't talk to me. Like, I don't want to hear it. But he's a necessary part of life. So there's like a couple different ways of viewing that people kind of made sacrifices almost like to just be like, okay, like, I don't want to bother you, but also can you be nice to me and my family? Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like a very kind of tenuous relationship. But it's honoring this very natural part of the cycle of life. And to me, driving him out is also like, putting this artificial stopgap in the place where natural cycles of life should be like being like, we have one true God and that's the only one. I don't know, man makes me think. So what's strange to me, just um, as someone who's been, doing this podcast for a while with you as you'd know oh oh with me (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
So what's weird to me is every time you mention Crom, the sound and the visuals on my end get weird. That is weird. (laughs) And it's been really frustrating me because, like, it's literally only when you mention Crom. I don't like that. That it gets messed up on my end. Lily. I don't like that either. No, I, don't like I don't like that. that either. <laughs> and it's just kind of sort of reminding me of when <laughs> the sound demon came to visit us. And then I had a notification on my phone that said, the wind demon be made. <laughs> like three sounds ago. Yeah. And it, 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 it's weirding me out a little bit, honestly. <laughs> it's making me a little uncomfortable. Um, well, maybe St. Patrick shouldn't have driven him out. Because <laughs> now he's pissed. That was a really spooky story, though, <laughs> Angela. And I'm so glad you told it. And I'm sorry that... I don't have more to say other than just the fear of every time you mention <laughs> his name. That's very spooky, Lily. If um, yeah, if anyone yeah, listening, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> if anyone listening doesn't understand why Lily's freaking out so much, it is. Um, I would recommend joining our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> But for real, because you're going to find a link to all of our episodes, including one that is called um, There's a Demon in this episode. And it is because the keys of Solomon. Yeah, something bad happened. Uh, We were recording. It was weird. (laughs) Guys, it was unexplainable. And I don't want to mess with it. Yeah. Angela's clearly trying to get me to mess with it, and I will not. <laughs> Just when I say Krom Kruach. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time it's bad. <laughs> you just froze. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> He's such a silly guy oh my god well i hope he liked my story i hope that's not him being like i hated your story stop talking about me listen i think you did a great tribute (laughs) thanks i was trying he should i don't know um respectfully back off (laughs) i sure hope so because he's serious business Well, thanks so much for listening to my story, Lily. Angela, thank you for telling us a beautiful, amazing story. We we don't get to hear you tell stories like that, and I loved it. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. Well, join us in two weeks for more stuff. What yeah. else? What do we say at the end? And- Again, we are not here to mock or glorify the Bible. We are just two. Boom!
<laughs> Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I have to st- I have to go be drinking now. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>